we often hear people talk about the factors that affect the adoption of innovations, but there seems to be several conflicting lists. So which one is right? In this episode, we're going to explore how our understanding of these factors has changed over time. So to start, way back in 1962, Everett Rogers, fondly known as the father of the diffusion of innovations theory, listed five attributes which affect the rate of adoption. These are the relative advantage, compatibility, complexity, trialability, and observability. The relative advantage is the degree to which the potential user perceives the innovation to be better than what it's replacing. The compatibility is the degree to which the innovation fits in with the values, practices, and needs of the potential adopter. The complexity is the degree to which the potential adopter perceives the innovation to be difficult to understand and then use. Trialability is the degree to which the innovation may be tested or experimented with before full-scale use. And finally, observability is the degree to which others can easily see the results of the innovation. Rogers contended that innovations that are perceived to have low levels of complexity and high levels of relative advantage, compatibility, trialability, and observability will be more quickly adopted than those that don't. That's 60 years ago now, John. And while various researchers have tinkered around the edges of that theory, the ones we'd like to draw your attention to, to today are actually some Australians who we think have helped take our understanding to the next level. Jeff Keeney, Rick Llewellyn, David Pannell, Roger Wilkinson, Perry Dolling, Jackie Oseman, and Mike Ewing in 2017 published the paper Predicting Farmer Uptake of New Agricultural Practices, a tool for research extension and policy. <laughs> I'm glad, Denise, that you got the tongue twisters there. Uh, but in that paper, they discuss the Adoption and Diffusion Outcome Prediction Tool, ADOPT which was devised to better estimate the likely extent and rate of adoption of new agricultural practices and technologies. We've previously discussed ADOPT, highlighting the way in which it can be used to predict how many farmers might adopt a new practice or innovation. However, in this episode, we're focusing on what they identified as two overarching factors that were influencing the adoption process, the relative advantage of the practice and the effectiveness of the process of learning about the practice. So let's explore each of these a little further, John. Uh, one factor considers the new practice, while the other considers the person learning about that new practice. Their work suggests that relative advantage is the main driver of how many in a population decide to adopt, while the learning process influences the time lag before decisions to adopt are made. The conceptual model is a quadrant with learning and relative advantage across the top, and the population and the innovation down the side. This then results in population-specific influences on the ability to learn about the innovation, relative advantage for the population, learnability characteristics of the innovation, and relative advantage of the innovation. The more detailed ADOPT model illustrates the interaction of all the different elements of the system. The two left-hand quadrants relate to the time taken to reach the peak adoption level, the right-hand quadrants predominantly influence the peak adoption level, 
but some also influence the time taken to reach peak adoption through the relative advantage node and the short-term constraints variable. So it's the 22 factors shown in that detailed adopt model that we think provides good information on what factors influence adoption. Using adopt enables a user to enter their responses to those 22 conceptual variables into an Excel spreadsheet, which then calculates the predicted time to peak adoption and the peak adoption level. The results are presented as an S-shaped cumulative adoption curve that can then be used to redesign the draft project for greater effectiveness. So Denise, let's take a look at the 22 variables in this model and their definitions. Uh, you'll hear the five factors mentioned by Rogers, but there's others that are also important to consider. So they are profit orientation, where maximizing profit is a strong motivation and the environmental orientation, where protecting the natural environment is a strong motivator. Then there's risk orientation, where risk minimization is a strong motivator. The enterprise scale, which defines the number of farms among the target population that could benefit from adopting the innovation. And management horizon, that's the proportion of the target population that has a long-term, that's greater than 10 years, management horizon. Then there's the short-term constraints, the proportion of the target population that is under conditions of severe short-term financial constraints. The trialing ease, which is the ease with which the innovation can be easily trialed on a limited basis before a decision is made to adopt it on a larger scale. And innovation complexity, how easily the complexity of the effects of the innovation can be easily evaluated. And then we have observability, the extent the innovation would be observable to other farmers when it's used in a district. Advisory support, which is the proportion of the target population that uses advisors, paid advisors capable of providing advice relevant to the innovation and group involvement, which is the proportion of the target population who participate in farm-based groups. Okay, we're about halfway through. We also need to consider the relevant existing skills and knowledge, which is the proportion of the target population that will need to develop substantial new skills and knowledge to use the innovation. Innovation awareness, the proportion of the target population that would be aware of the use or trialing of the innovation in their district, and the relative upfront cost of the innovation, which is the size of the upfront cost of the investment relative to the potential annual benefit. Okay, <laughs> then we also have the reversibility of, in of an innovation, which is as it sounds, whether you can reverse adoption of the innovation the profit benefit in years used, which is the extent the use of the innovation is likely to affect the profitability of the farm business in the years that they're using it, and the profit benefit in the future, which is the extent the use of the innovation is likely to have additional effects on the future profitability of the farm business. Oh, we're almost there now. Some factors are the time for profit benefits to be realized. So the time after the innovation is first adopted that it would take for the effects on the future profitability to be realized. 
the environment. So the extent the use of the innovation would have environmental benefits or costs and the time for the environmental benefits to be realized. And the last two factors, John, which are risk, the extent um, the use of the innovation would affect the exposure of the farm business to risk. And finally, number 22, the ease and convenience of the innovation for the management of the farm. <laughs> Phew, that was quite a long list there, Denise. Now, while those 22 variables seem fairly comprehensive, we wonder to what degree approaches that better involve end users, such as co-design and co-development, would influence the results. Maybe this could have a positive impact on the process of learning about the practice. We don't know of any work that's been done to explore the links between involvement of end users and learning. So maybe it's a gap for a budding researcher to explore, Denise. I think it would, John. <laughs> ADOPT was first released in 2013, and we like the idea of using it to test various extension approaches as part of the design phase of an R&D and E project. For instance, if a low score is received for time to peak adoption level, what can we tweak about the project to improve that? It might be as easy as increasing the visibility of the innovation, for example, using billboards along the fence line of a trial plot. Um, the increased observability rating would then increase the awareness score, which in turn influences the time to peak adoption. ADOPT is, of course, just a model to depict our understanding of a situation. As George Box said back in 1976, all models are wrong, but some are useful. And we think this is one of the more useful ones. The diffusion of innovations theory is still central to the thinking we've outlined here. We know that there's been some criticism of the theory, such as its pro-innovation bias, and we covered that in a previous episode. We recommend you go back and have a listen to that episode if you want more details on why we still think this is a useful approach. Well, you've heard our thoughts. Now we'd like to hear yours. Add a comment below the blog post and tell us your thoughts about the factors that affect adoption or your experience with the 22 factors used for adopt. We don't want this just to be a one-way conversation, so please join in by sharing your thoughts and ideas with us. Thanks, folks, for joining us on this Enablers of Change episode. Remember to subscribe to our newsletter if you'd like to know when new episodes are available. And hey, if you liked what you heard, please tell your friends so they too can join the conversation. All the best until we meet again. Bye.